are Locked On Dolphins, your daily Miami Dolphins podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, Dolphins fans, and welcome to this Friday, July 30th, 2021 edition of Locked On Dolphins. I'm your host, Kyle Krabs, managing editor of USA Today's Dolphins Wire, director of scouting at thedraftnetwork.com, lifelong Miami Dolphins fan, and uh, just swimming, swimming away in all of this Miami Dolphins information that has finally flooded all of our timelines after a long, long, long wait uh, since the last time the Dolphins themselves uh, were on the practice field or on the game field in any way, shape, or form, including that Week 17 game that uh, we will not talk about. We refuse to acknowledge that game's existence here on this podcast. So we're instead shifting our eyes forward. We're looking forward to 2021. And uh, the practice reports have been really interesting and entertaining. But before we get there, we do need to talk about DJ Fluker. Uh, obviously, had procedure on his meniscus. Uh, placed on injured reserve. Uh, it was something that was originally reported to be a conditioning issue. Turns out it was a little bit more nuanced than that. And obviously, anytime you have knee procedures, that is uh, a, a little concerning uh, as far as what his health and bounce back is going to look like. But I'll say this about DJ Fluker and his availability, regardless of what it looks like here. The Dolphins' formula for a successful offensive line in 2021 never really called for DJ Fluker to claim one of the starting five spots on the offensive line. It was just never really going to be a point of emphasis. The Dolphins want and honestly need for the long-term value of the team. They want and need the young guys to step up and win these jobs. So, of course, you've got Austin Jackson at left tackle. He's effectively unquestioned. He's going to hold that spot. You have Robert Hunt at either right guard or right tackle. He is unquestioned. It's just a matter of what's the best combination they feel they can cook up. He's going to have one of those spots. Liam Eikenberg might not start this year. It could really depend on where they feel they need uh, that other spot on the right side of the line to stabilize itself. Solomon Kinley is no shoe in to start, but he feels like a very strong candidate to start, and he certainly would have been above DJ Fluker in the pecking order if we were just trying to stack into your offensive line. What's most interesting to me about the offensive line is the reports that have come out through the early days in camp that it sounds like, indeed, the Dolphins are not just giving Michael Dieter the chance to compete for the starting center position, but he might actually be in the driver's seat as things currently stand to secure the starting center spot for the Miami Dolphins in 2021. And I'm excited for this because you look at Michael Dieter, his size, functionally, what he can do as an athlete at his size, and it's a great complement to all of the power and the point of emphasis that has been put on having power up front. Well, Michael Dieter is a pretty good athlete. He's played college tackle uh, for a full season at Wisconsin. But the fact that he started 15 games as a rookie and then effectively took a quote-unquote redshirt year, his second year with the team, hopefully the speed of the game dynamic for him has really amended itself and will allow him to 
play with the mental crispness needed to success at, at center. And if it does, then remember, you know, from a physical perspective, the center position in a lot of ways is more of a help position along the front anyway. So I feel good about those odds if I'm the Dolphins, and I'm encouraged that they are giving it the old college try, right? Because uh, Matt Skura here on a short-term deal, uh, I think maybe with the gift of hindsight, it tells you a little bit about what they think about Dieter's long-term viability uh, because there were opportunities in the draft to nail down young centers, and the team just did not do it. So I think it tells you what they feel about a third-round investment that they had in Michael Dieter in 2019, much in the same way that their decision not to aggressively pursue a running back told you their evaluation of the roster said that their 2019 seventh-round investment in Miles Gaskin was somebody they thought that could do the job. Speaking of doing the job, uh, no, this isn't a Bilt Bar read just yet. Uh, Albert Wilson has been doing work through two days of practice in Miami Gardens. The dude has caught a 60-plus yard touchdown in each of the first two practices of the season. Are you kidding me? And uh, I did get a chuckle out of the highlights of the first one and all of the Tua haters on social media talking about the wobble on the ball and uh, that's every, every bit of arm strength that he had. And it's like, guys, like, not everything has to be a meme that you just pop on and get your rocks off on on social media. Like, it was a good throw. The throw he had to Savan Ahmed yesterday was better. Tight spiral, presumably a wheel route. I obviously was not there this week, so I can't tell you exactly what happened. But the, the clips that the Dolphins have shown, I think it's interesting. You think about the plays that have been showcased, the vast majority of them for the team. Albert Wilson bomb, deep downfield. Tuatonga Valoa, deep route to Savan Ahmed, running presumably a wheel route up the sideline. Deep play. The second big touchdown. Now, it wasn't as much of an air yards throw as the first one, but they're showing big plays from Tuatonga Valoa. Accident? I don't think so, right? And Tuatonga Valoa was asked that during his press availability uh, about what lies within the offense. And he said, he kind of talked about keeping it a little close to the vest, but said, well, I like a lot of what's in the playbook. I think it really fits uh, the talent that we have here in Miami. And if you can put two and two together, you know what kind of talent, quote unquote talent, what kind of style of play these guys have. They're explosive. They've got speed. They can win vertically down the field. So if two is kind of alluding to that, if the team is showcasing us that, maybe they're overly delivering the message. I don't think so. I think explosives, explosive plays uh, are going to be something this team tries to make a point of emphasis, and they got the right people to do it. Everybody is the right kind of person for a Bilt Bar, though. Bilt Bar is a protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. These things are absolutely A1 delicious. Whether you are looking for something to replace a meal throughout the day, something post-workout, a delicious snack, you name it, 100% chocolate, nine flavors to choose from, high in protein, high in fiber, low in calories, low in sugar. So it's good for you, it tastes good, and it's all good all around. 
Built Bar. You can visit BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKED15 to save 15% off your next order. That's BuiltBar.com. Promo code LOCKED15 to save 15% off your next order of the world's most delicious protein bar. So consider this kind of just like an in-mass onboarding of what the last two days of camp ha- have included and um, you know, Will Fuller, minor tweak. Uh, so that was kind of a big publicized thing at the end of the first practice. Doesn't sound like a big deal. Xavier uh, Howard, on the other hand, very typical of players in holdouts. And I know that there's uh, some alleged communication with a, an insider. Uh, believe Reason put it out. Um, about David calling the shot of Xavier Howard uh, getting a quote-unquote ankle injury. And there's very little question in my mind. Uh, this is player holdout, player, disgruntled player 101. I'm going to show up so I don't get fined. But you heard people on the national scale talking about, about Aaron Rodgers asking, is, is Rodgers going to show up to camp but say, oh, my back's tight. I don't think I can throw today. I'm going to sit on the sideline. Uh, I'm going to ride the stationary bike and stay loose. But, you know, being active in practice isn't something that my body's telling me I'm not ready. Like, this happens all the time. So Xavier Howard came out and did stretch yesterday and then immediately went back into – uh, the locker room, and it was cited as a uh, ankle injury. Uh, maybe he, I don't know, just was standing there and turned his foot off to the side. Oh, there's there goes my ankle. I don't know. I don't know the exact specifics, uh, but what I do know is this is very typical of disgruntled players who are trying to gather and gain some kind of leverage. And right now, Xavier Howard does not have any, because if he did, he would not be at camp. But he's here because he doesn't want to lose 50 grand a day. But he still does not want to be here. Now, there's time provided Howard's camp is receptive to revisiting the conversations that have been had. And it seems like Brian Flores, that's the direction he would prefer to go. He went on the Joe Rose show on Thursday morning and talked a little bit about how um, you know, they, they, they are going to continue communication with Howard and his representation, and uh, then was asked at press conferences a little bit about player happiness, and he says he thinks it's important for every player to be happy. And he talks about the value of his player relationships and how important that is to him as a coach. I will say this, and I know we touched a lot on this yesterday on the show, but if the Dolphins don't don't move the money with Xavier Howard, it means they're, they're probably ready to transition away for one reason or another. And whether that's concern about the long-term viability of him as a player with the injury history that he has and his age uh, and some of the, I mean, let's be honest, antics, uh, some of the off-field um, decision making, you know, Xavier Howard's resume, as far as social media and passive-aggressive shots at the team, and 
the domestic violence in the, the, like there's a lot here this is not somebody who has been a model citizen from start to finish if the dolphins don't work the money around to appease avian howard it tells me they probably are content to have his skills if he's going to play under what he's currently scheduled to be made or they don't want to, and they have Noah Igbenogany, who it sounds like, according to Travis Wingfield, former host of Locked On Dolphins, has had a strong showing through the first two days of camp. And you'd expect that from a first-round pick who is one of the youngest players in the draft who's played corner for two years. Everybody's all gloom and doom about Noah Igbenogany, and like, I'm excited for him, man. He's a really big, physical guy, superb athlete, and just the sky's the limit with him. And it really, you know, that's the trend you start to see. It's like Igbenogany in-house for a year. Tua Tungvaloa in-house for a year. Miles Gaskin in-house for a year. Michael Dieter in-house for two years. Had a redshirt year. The common theme is these are all players that are in the system that it seems like the Dolphins are ready to bet on. Now, as we saw last year, any number of calculated bets might not materialize on any given year. And that's why you continue to tinker and evolve the roster and make personnel changes. Uh, But if I'm Miami, then I think what's really interesting is the fact that you have all these opportunities and you seem comfortable with your young talent. I think that's promising. Is it a little naive or arrogant? We'll find out when the season starts. And when the season ends, more specifically. But this is, this is there is a trust in their process. And I know better than to say trust the process on a Miami Dolphins podcast relative to the Philadelphia 76ers and the Miami Heat. But this is the, the, this is the porpoise, right? Trust the porpoise. Um, as far as draft and develop and... Our coaches are going to communicate at a level that gets everybody in a headspace and in understanding the game where they need to be. So from Xavier Howard's perspective, if they choose to play hardball to the point which it becomes inevitable or they make this thing worse and Xavier Howard's got to go, you know why that took place. And it's because this team has a first-round pick at corner behind him and a vet in Jason McCourty who they feel can execute the defense. And I do not think Xavier Howard defines what this defense looks like. I know I said this yesterday too. It's one eleventh of the job. Now, does it give you the chance to, to match personnel and put certain athletes on certain athletes or uh, the Dion method, right? Where you, you put your number one receiver on the, the second best, or you put your number one corner on the second best receiver, and then you double team the best player. And now you've got lockdown on on both sides or both of the top two threats. Like, yeah, that, I mean, I don't know that you're going to do that at the same rate if you would if Xavier Howard's on the field. Probably not. And as I said yesterday, if it's a matter of taking four years money from four years and, and putting four million in this year, I'd have done it already. But I'm not Chris Greer, and Chris Greer has done a very good job despite. I guess there's always going to be people on both sides of the fence, right? Who are critical and supportive of any persona around building a team. I can 
cannot comprehend personally looking at the job that Chris Greer has done with this team thus far and not liking the result. Because he's not spending my money to pay Kyle Van Noy for one year before we bounce out. And you got to pay somebody. And paying those players got Miami to 10 wins last year and a really good chance to make the playoffs. So talk about bad contracts all you want. The ability to get out of contracts and maintain your long-term flexibility and get better as a team, which they've done under Chris Greer, I'm in. I've seen what I need to see. Had Jalen Phillips meeting with the South Florida media after practice yesterday, and I really enjoyed some of what he had to say. He's a really insightful guy. Um, he's uh, He was asked what, what players he's watched on tape. He says, I've obviously been a film fanatic for a really long time. You're watching old school guys like Lawrence Taylor. I know my coach, Robbie Leonard, he's a Giants guy, so he likes putting on Lawrence Taylor a lot. It's a bunch of great pass rushers in the league, and you could definitely pick different parts of your brain. Uh, talked about trailing Emmanuel Agba as best as he can. Um, just getting as much advice and watching as much as I can because I know how good they are. Trying, trying to improve all aspects of his game. But I think what he said that I enjoyed the best so he said, he was asked, do you have goals for yourself in the weight room or on the field? And this is a very Brian Flores answer, right? <laughs> so my goal, honestly, is I'm trying to be where my feet are every single day. Think about that. I'm trying to be present in the current situation I'm in every single day. And I'm rephrasing what he said. My goal, honestly, is I'm trying to be where my feet are every single day. I'm looking to approve on the mistakes I made the day before. Tomorrow, I'm going to look at this film from today and try and correct the little parts of my game that I can work on. I I'm, I'm always can improve. Can you see why the Dolphins like this guy? Because I know I can. It's great perspective. And to be a rookie and to be Mr. 305 is what the, uh, the rookie, rookie class calls him because obviously he went to the University of Miami. He said, LA, L.A. made me, but Miami saved me, was what he said after he got drafted. And I get a great, great feel. It's anything that would derail Jalen Phillips from being a tremendous player for the Dolphins would be injury-related, in my opinion. You know, he is so... He carries such good perspective. And I think it's because he's been with the game without the game, and then refound the game and refound his passion for the game. And I think that comes with a great level of perspective and appreciation that you probably wouldn't have otherwise. If you're a Miami Hurricanes fan, you saw what Jalen Phillips looked like when he showed up on campus. He looked like he was done as a football player. Well, now his, he's back, been back in strength and conditioning, and he looks like a football player now. But... Um, Jalen is going to have a very important role on this team, but it feels like Jalen Phillips has the right kind of mental makeup to really thrive, particularly with a coach like Brian Flores, who is very player relationship driven. And the only thing Brian Flores asks of his players is to 
be of a team first mentality. Don't be a selfish player. And it's easy when you're the number 18 overall pick and you're playing at the same stadium and the same stadium in the backdrop that you played at during your last year of college. Like it's easy to, to think life is sunshine and rainbows, right? But Jalen Phillips has been through some very, very difficult times as an individual at UCLA. Leaving the game, thinking he was done. My hope for you is that you hit subscribe here on Locked On Dolphins and keep it locked in. Training camp uh, is underway for the Dolphins. I am uh, heading back home this weekend from Kansas City. I have, of course, on my work trip here with the Draft Network, and uh, we got some great things cooking over there, but uh, great Miami Dolphins coverage five days a week here on Locked On Dolphins. Plenty to look forward to, so hit subscribe. Keep it locked in right here on Locked On Dolphins. Have a great weekend. Keep your eyes peeled on the timeline. If there is a need for an emergency podcast, I'll pull some strings. I'll see what I can do. Kyle Krabs, Locked On Dolphins, fins up. Enjoy your weekend. Thanks for listening, everybody.